Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route, a redshirt Friday edition of Rural Route, where we gather every day at this time. And what we do when we gather is we continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. Dr. Ted Fogarty, where have you been hiding? I thought we had a deal and you just kind of vanished on me last week. I don't know what the Fogarty you're talking about. I've been in contact with you by text. Yeah, I know. I'm talking about on this program. After you down the plains into Oklahoma. How funny is that? You come to Tulsa about the same time I leave Tulsa, and now I'm headed back north because you're in Tulsa at the Freedom Health Conference. It's like I'm avoiding you. (laughs) Well, you know, you got some stuff going on in Broken Bow, and I got some stuff going on in Broken Arrow. So it's all a big <laughs> yeah, it is tribal. It is no no doubt about it. Are you going to be? Are you going to make your way out of Tulsa to Broken Bow for the bull sale tonight? No, I will be at the Health Freedom uh, Conference. It's basically got a lot of luminaries of freedom and uh, great Americans behind it. Uh, Clay Clark put it together. Uh, General Michael T. Flynn is one of the keynote speakers, um, and uh, one of our UK uh, home homegrown in, in uh, Andrew's neck of the woods, uh, great health freedom physicians, Doctor Andrew Wakefield, whose mm-hmm. name very name is uh, now associated with an urban uh, slang term of being Wakefielded. So really, so, yeah. So how did so, that come about? Well, in 1990, I think it was 98, I was in medical school, mm-hmm. and uh, Andy Wakefield had done a case series of, um, he, he, he was a practicing uh, pediatric gastroenterologist at the time at the Royal Free Hospital in the UK, and he, he did uh, endoscopy, took some pediatric endoscopy scopes and looked after these kids who um, had been vaccinated and um, were never quite right after vaccination. And the case series that he published with an Irish pathologist, they took biopsies of these lymph nodes um, in at, by the terminal ileum, uh, right where the junction of the colon is with the small bowel. And they found in these biopsy samples found and verified and the Irish pathologist who did this uh, he, he's a real hero because he's basically the proof of the pudding but um, they proved that there was live uh, measles virus from the vaccine from the MMR so you know we're when we have when I have, when we have our kids vaccinated by measles mumps and rubella uh, those are three live viruses mm-hmm. so we're paying for some company Merck to uh, basically produce three mild infectious agents, put them all into one package, and and then uh, inject them into our kids. And uh, you know, the the that that MMR is actually its um, its license is technically illegal now. So there's this there's this whole fraud going on with Merck. Um, it goes back ten years now in the Eastern Pennsylvania federal court system for uh, a false claims act. 
which is the Lincoln law from out of the Civil War. But basically, uh, Merck has been defrauding the government, defrauding the American families and citizens by telling everybody that the mumps component of the MMR actually meets the bar for efficacy, which it hasn't for over a decade. And their scientists, uh, they, they fraudulently spiked the data. And there's some family practice docs and others uh, around the country who've been doing titer checks for a long time. I developed a titer check program up in uh, Bismarck with my uh, favorite pediatrician and good friend Todd Toogood years ago. But so these kids keep showing up with, first of all, uh, no mumps, no mumps antibodies. And then they go off to they go off to college. Wait a minute, Ted, before we go to they go off to college. How does that happen? Even if it's a live virus introduced to the body, I would think that the immune system would go to work developing antibodies. Yes, but the um, in the case of the mumps, the um, the mumps virus has that was used as the original mumps vaccine from um, the cheek of a uh, Montana born and bred scientist. Maurice Hillman, and he went to the University of Chicago early in his career, uh, and he basically was Merck's primary vaccine scientist for like 40 years and was joking on uh, some interview with one of the, the news folks of the, the 80s about how AIDS had come in from green African green monkeys. Anyway, Maurice Hillman, so his... So his daughter's cheek was swabbed when she had uh, mumps back in the 60s. And that clone is the same clone still being used to, for the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine. And it's probably devolved over time to where it's really not uh, oh, that makes sense. an infection, even attenuated, that's going to generate enough of a of a um, response. And so now we have all these mumps outbreaks on all these colleges uh, in, you know, the last five, 10 years that didn't happen through the eighties and nineties when I was in college, because we have a, we have a vaccine product from Merck that is basically doesn't work. And it's been fraudulently like uh, by the FDA even now it's, and it's, it's like, you look, all the fraud in this country, uh, from the top down, Fauci down, uh, Burks, all these people, they're all in cahoots to uh, basically cover up the cover up fraud and, and lies, and and it's it's a basic racketeering scheme. So, Ted, you know that my I'm not a medical doctor. Don't pretend to be, but I have provided daily care for one million animals in my life, so I've seen a thing or two. Right, and. We had a period of time in the late 90s, I remember this so clearly, where vaccine companies, you know, we would give a rhinitis vaccine, we'd give, uh, some people give a TGE vaccine, which by the way is a coronavirus, uh, you give, uh, now we give circle, circle virus, we give mycoplasma virus or vaccine. And then what happened in the late 90s that they decided they were going to just put all of these rhinitis, erysipelas, and all these medicines into one shot, make it more convenient so you don't have to give a pig three shots. Right. That's and the same, same thing. And the uh, same thing was happening in the beef business. Mm-hmm. 
And guess what happened? After we had eradicated pigs of erysipelas because we had a vaccine that was working, all of a sudden erysipelas starts showing up in pigs. And it's like, well, we're giving a vaccine for that, but why are these pigs getting erysipelas again? And lo, lo and behold, what we learned was that we're putting too many antigens yeah. in one vaccine and they right. go in the body and they're working against each other and weren't developing the proper immunity that they thought they were developing. And so now we go back to giving multiple shots for pretty much each one. And then I go, when the, when the girls are getting their shots, I say, well, we're just going to put all these vaccines in one dose. I'm like, I've right. been here. This doesn't work. And so it's kind of like, um, you, you know, you have a kid and, um, and these vaccines are like, you know, like MMR. I've used this analogy in the past a lot, but it's like three one-armed boxers in, in the in the alleyway that the kid has to get through. And it's like, you know, um there's there's still there's still three arms out there ready to punch your kid. Even if they're if they, even if they are one-armed boxers of, of the, the immunological world because they're attenuated viruses. So when you when you throw all three of those things at once to a, at a kid, you know, just like Dr. Wakefield found, there's some kids who never clear their vaccine proprietary infection, and so they're 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 carriers basically uh, of the measles vaccine strain, and um, and this was all you know basically shown on pathology studies that that Wakefield had. Uh, Taking care so, of John so are they carriers? Are they shedding the virus as carriers? Well, they're they're active in the lymphoid tissues, and that's so so. And we're seeing this with in in mammography in radiology with the the coronaviruses, and this is a, a different mechanism with the mRNA. But basically, there's an exuberant, an overly exuberant reaction to the vaccine in the axillary lymphoid tissues of a lot of women that is basically costing us a thousand dollars to work up on mammography because it looks like they have lymphoma when they show up for their mammograms that have been delayed for six months now and they've got the shot. Mm. So you like you changing all these all these weather systems and all this economic kind of pathways all at once with which is what's been going on with this pandemic. And um people are people are literally wargaming up and, and trying to, you know, say, oh see when we did this over here, then this happened it, over here. And it, Ted, Ted, take a drink of coffee, roll out. Dr. Ted Fogarty, we'll be back with more. Can't even tell you about TheEngine.com. 20% off. More after this. Welcome back. Roll out. Dr. Ted Fogarty joining us from Tulsa. Uh, so we kind of got Wakefield, Wakefielded and did not uh, go the rest of the way there. What else is all on the ticket, and who's all gathered at the Freedom Health Conference in Tulsa? Well, um, gosh, it's a great lineup. One, one of my friends, Jim Meehan, who's an uh, ophthalmologist and uh, Freedom Health Freedom Warrior here in Tulsa himself, uh, Simone Gold, who uh, uh, MD, JD, a freedom-fighting frontline doctor, and uh, just a, it's a big it's a big array of, of people. But I, I want to move the conversation to why why I might be here. Why are you there, Ted? Well, I'm here in this hotel room with Paul, Paul Dore, who's a, a great American and his physician. 
his personal physician is a great friend of mine. Uh, we've bonded over this whole pandemic um, post-COVID syndrome healing um, impacts that we're, we've been brokering through hyperbaric medicine and glutathione amino acids. And his name is Brad Meyer, Dr. Brad Meyer. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so Brad, Brad's a, a hometown guy from Okaboji, you know, that really great resort place in the plain states where we can stop at the Iowa border before having to get into the uh, Minnesota Lake country and enjoy some time with our fellow Iowegians. So, so Brad and I are working together on um, ivermectin and um, mucamist protocols for his patients. And that's just, you know, mucamist is just what we use in, in radiology and, uh, uh, when we when we are doing CTs in the middle of the night and, and maybe a family practice doc calls me out of Oklahoma or Iowa and just asks, you know, I got a patient with some bad kidneys. What should I do to protect those kidneys? And <clears throat> we in radiology will say, yeah, give them 600 milligrams of, of mucamist, which is just over-the-counter NAC, which is basically a $15 a month um, supply of an amino acid that is the best amino acid for all of our immunologic needs. So so that very simple, very simple feed your mitochondria program, um, feed your immune system program through uh, glutathione precursor amino acids that uh, I've been broadcasting all across the plains since the start of the pandemic is getting into real medicine now through the hand of uh, Dr. Bradley Meyer, whose family practice um, uh, venue is in in Avera Hospital, the Lakes Region Avera Hospital. And he's helping these patients get through some severe COVID issues with this very simple mucamus play, which we also use in emergency medicine to salvage livers from Tylenol overdoses that might be, have been occurring in the last year because of the pandemic and despair related issues. So anyway, does that happen often? Tylenol overdose? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people that try to commit suicide with Tylenol. Uh, is the answer Orville Cunningham? Bingo. Whoever. Okay. Wade Lynn. Yep. Orville Cunningham. Is All right. The... Wade, send me a direct message with your address. We'll send you the dog lover. All right. Back to Brad Meyer and uh, what you determined through people doing Tylenol overdoses. Okay. So so here's where um, his patients and the, and the citizens of Northwest Iowa have literally been racketeered out of access to their, to their favorite family doc. Um, so I'm going across, so racketeering laws of the United States of America, you only need to basically prove three acts of racketeering um, over a 10 year period to actually be able to file a case in, in the RICO system. And basically if you're, if you're put a, into debt across state lines, um, and it's done through a criminal organization network. That's what RICO stands for, uh, racketeering influence criminal organization. Then, um, then the federal government pretty much wants to know what's going on with that. And that's why we have the RICO laws. So, so Dr. Meyer, 
here he's 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 actually writing prescriptions as a U.S. physician in the state of Iowa for ivermectin, and they are not getting filled. Listen to this, Trent. They're not getting filled. His orders are not getting filled by multiple pharmacists in the area around Lake Okaboji because the public health director in one of those counties, Dickinson County, who's also the chief of staff at this Avera Hospital, called these pharmacists and said, do not fill Dr. Meyer's prescriptions. And that that right there is a racketeering, a pattern of racketeering that his patients, I mean, can easily get together. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a class action racketeering, you know, basically, you know, the Me Too, the whole Me Too racketeering case against Harvey Weinstein. Right. Nothing compared to what's been going on to these Northwest Iowa citizens. These great Americans have been racketeered by market control leadership in Sioux Falls telling Dr. Meyer, no, you can't save your patients' lives with these interventions of ivermectin and glutathione amino acid precursors. They're not on formulary. They're not how we think you should be practicing medicine. These are people with MBAs, RNs, and JDs telling Dr. Meyer how to practice. And then his patients who do not have the access to his great medical knowledge and integrity are now going into biological indebtedness because they're not getting treated appropriately. So, so those patients. Wait, 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 wait. I'm way impressed. I mean, you impress me from time to time, but biological indebtedness, that's a tremendous term and, and a great visual, not a good visual that we're there, but it just describes what's taking place. Right. So, so, you know, basically, you know, when, when Dr. Harch and I are, are uh, reversing cognitive decline in, and dementia, your brain basically starts to have a tax on it over time. A lot of that tax comes from aluminum in vaccines. It can come from mercury in the environment. It can come from mercury in vaccines. It can come from lead in your water, lead in your venison. There's all of this detoxification debt that builds up time in the brain with these metals. So, so the concept of biological indebtedness is, uh, is where, you know, we're bringing in hyperbaric chambers basically to, um, to provide some currency and energy for your brain to get out of that debt, to mend those fences and to get back to normal. So th- that's a concept that, um, you know, people, people don't like think in both biological and economic terms in most most areas of the world and most venues and industries. But that's where I've been kind of an economic physician for a lot of American citizens across state lines in the Northern Plains, where I'm, I'm basically identifying, you know, when you're putting us in debt as a collection agency, like Denny Sanford has with Rushmore services, you're putting us into debt across state lines for what the good doctors are doing Unbeknownst to the good doctors, they're participating in a racket un- unwittingly, but then they're they're doing their good healing works, and then you're getting put into debt across a state line, and then you get a call from a collection agent 
and you know your wheat crop just got destroyed by a, a hailstorm and and now and now that communication of indebtedness from your from your body into your farming work is now creating a psychological crisis and trauma that every farmer I'm sure every farm family knows and it's like you know so so when you go you go to the doctor and get yourself fixed up so you can run the tractor and then you get yourself $50,000 in debt to an outfit like Denny Sanford's or Avera across state lines and then they're 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 putting collections on you and then the, the bankers in North Dakota that I've talked to about this they're all upset about this then they can't loan the farmer money because their credit scores is in the poop shoot because of the doctors and you see how this is all one big racket that basically is feeding off of production agriculture and 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 then we have the the medicine men of the northern plains who unwittingly are getting way overpaid to do what they're supposed to be doing and then and then these folks are in in all of these rural counties getting over over uh pursued by collections to the point that you know like with avera they've they've got a whole grid of cardiologists that they're they're pulling all of brad myers patients and all these other patients out of northwest go to Sioux Falls to have very expensive cardiology work done. And then they, when it could have been prevented, I got to interject. Right. Yeah. This certified this Piedmontese creating opportunity for you. The cattlemen see you tonight in Broken Bow, Nebraska for the Piedmontese bull sale. It, the meeting is tonight. The sales tomorrow. More uh, Lone Creek Catico.com. By the way, get a hold of Marlon Will. More Ted Fogarty after this. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Lewis alongside Dr. Ted Fogarty and friends. We'll have just a plethora of friends come along. All right, Ted, this is actually, you know, I think at some point a lot of people have said, you know, the big farmers just got too much control. But you're clearly creating the vision and have been doing that now for two months that we have this concerted effort to, to silence individuals within the medical health profession that are doing basic interventions like hyperbaric chambers, like uh, uh, glutathione, ivermectin, all these basic things, which are just very simple interventions to fix what's going on. And anybody that attempts to share that with their clients, they're silenced, fired, shut up, whatever threatened, whatever the case may be. Yeah. I mean, this is serious racketeering that I, I think people just aren't yet taking seriously. Yeah. So, so Lynn Wood is down here, here with this Tulsa um, health freedom movement and, and <clears throat> our crowd from Northwest Iowa and uh, parts of Nebraska and North Dakota, we're all behind trying to get uh, Dr. Meyer in with Lynn Wood on a potential racketeering case. Mm-hmm or just a wrongful termination that that is a, a slam dunk already. When, when when Brad Meyer is on all these billboards for Avera Lakes Region Hospital that come out the week before he's fired, the week before he's fired for saving lives. Right. It's a slam dunk wrongful termination case. And and what and what we need to do is we need to get the the legal 
journalistic op- optics on this to where to where Brad Meyer becomes an American hero in medicine who who lost his job for saving the lives of his patients and then and then just like David versus Goliath he goes right back against Avera and gets a big judgment that is a national news story on how physicians should not be fired for practicing medicine saving lives. And here's the other thing from an economic standpoint. Brad Meyer actually saved Avera money by using IV mucamist to save the life of one of his patients. She was out of the hospital probably two days before she should have been under the old raggedy protocols of doing basically nothing Mm -hmm. that has been going on in this country that war criminal Tony Fauci has been from the bully pulpit of his NIH NIADH position saying, Oh, there's nothing we can do, but wait for the vaccines. And it's like, what the Fogarty? He knew back in May that the New York university hyperbaric department was already saving more lives than any ventilator could ever save in severe COVID. And they also published out of a different branch of new NYU that glutathione amino acid precursors and mucamus actually saves lives in severe COVID too. So here's now Brad Meyer doing this in Northwest Iowa after I've been communicating across state lines from North Dakota to Iowa, where I am actually a boarded physician in both states, acting as a consultant to him, as I would any other family practice doc, wanting to know how we in radiology can help protect organs from oxidative stresses, such as those with our contrast agents or those with coronavirus infections. And now Brad's partners and, and the pharmacists in the area are now rallying behind him in many ways. Those ivermectin scripts that were told to not be filled are now getting filled. And some of the people who he no longer works with, who are physicians, are starting to use mm, Dr. Fogarty's mucamus protocol. Really? In- Iowa to save lives in the Vera hospital system, which I, I spent an hour on the phone in April of 2020, a year ago with Bob Santella, who's a veteran nephrologist at a Vera in Sioux Falls. And I implored him, pled with him that he gets this, the, the formulary committee on board with using IV mucamus for his patient in the ICU at Avera in April, who, who was dying of COVID, who was a good friend of his. These nephrologists, when they when they do it, when they work with these patients for 20 years, they become their friends. So that's where um, that's where basically there's a giant racketeering situation going on here, but with multiple lines of cross state communications. In the, for for helping people save lives are are now being these orders these physician orders are not being respected and under the state pharmacy laws of Iowa and under the under the medical professional usual practices it, it's it's unbelievable that Brad Meyer was told he can't do these things unbelievable. If one of his patients had come in to the hospital with a Tylenol overdose and he had used written the exact same mucamist protocol, guess what? He's a hero for saving their lives for a Tylenol overdose induced in the mind of a desperate person 
who's probably lost their job from COVID or had significant economic harm from COVID. And here he is saving saving that liver. But if you save the lung the lung tissues and and the and the capillaries of another patient with COVID, absent Tylenol overdosing, you get fired. I mean, what the fogerty? And here's the real problem, Ted. If this is happening in the Sioux Falls region, it's happening all over the country. Absolutely. People are suffering because of this racketeering. There's no other word for it. Yeah, because they because Tony Fauci wants you to pay three thousand dollars for remdesivir for your patient, which got an EUA at the University of Nebraska Medical Center in Omaha. And I was barking into that entire crowd, which includes some of my cousins, for an for three months about how they need to start using hyperbarics and glutathione amino acid precursors, which is the easiest, cheapest, and safest way to stop any pandemic. Period. So, so really, the root of this evil is is Tony Fauci, and I, so I'm asking well, you, how, how do we get? He's just the dawn of science. He's the mafia right. dawn. Of right, I understand that. But if if we Not can ex- if we can expose what he knew and get people to truly see the criminal intent of what we're talking about here, it'll have a snowball effect, and it'll, other people will be exposed. So how do we do that? Well, I, I already know, and I was on New York radio a couple of weeks ago talking about this. But I already know that Governor Cuomo knew knew by summertime. He needed 50,000 hyperbaric units, not 50,000 ventilators. Mm-hmm. Take care of severe COVID in his ICUs. Uh, or, okay, it, if you did that on New York Radio, send that, me to the link so that we can promote where that was at on New York Radio. Where's where's it archived at? Guess what? What? It didn't get it didn't get recorded. You're kidding me. You mean you did uh, an interview that was really telling the truth, and now it can't be found? Uh huh. I might have knew the answer to that question. I just wanted you to say that. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of telling. So oh, back actually, to my back to my question though. We have to expose this, Ted, because unnecessarily people's lives are being destroyed. Right. And I mean Further, furthermore, look at the one million small businesses that have gone out of business, families I, all across this country, just in this country, let alone what's happening in Canada, what's happening in the, around the world, every single country, it doesn't matter, all on a myth and a lie because a few people want to become wealthy or control lives. Right. Yeah, and it's and that's the that's part of the racket. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be a gangster like uh, back, in the, 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 back in the 60s, you know, Fogarty could be a gangster name. I think you ought to be careful because you're doing that quite well. Well, but hey, the Irish Mafia, I'm sorry. The Irish Mafia was taken out on St. Valentine's Day, backed by the Italian Mafia in Chicago and Al Capone's thugs. The Irish have not been involved in any of that Mafia stuff for at least 100 years. Okay, what do we do? For okay. for those of us that's out here listening that want to make a difference, what do we do? Well, there's some, okay, so there's some simple math. And, and simple concepts, but, you know, it's like if you have a virus is stopping your body from oxygenating it, mm-hmm. oxygenating itself, it's the most important nutrient gas molecule on the planet. Well, hello, aircrafthbot.org, any form of oxygen technology 
that can be employed to increase our our cells energy so we're fracking our mitochondrial dna with increased pressure of oxygen either via monoplace chambers or giant you know 747s converted over to mild hyperbaric chambers which is a pretty easy thing that's actually done for preventive maintenance purposes on every plane which we talked about in january and so it's just when you just get right down to it it's it's um I don't know where to go with the the specific mantra, but it's it's basically we we need the American citizens need to have let their doctors practice medicine and and they're so just like Doctor Simone Gold, who's going to be talking at this Tulsa conference. You know, she got fired for being an ER doc, coming out and and bringing awareness to very inexpensive therapeutic concepts that can save lives with the hydrochloroquine. And, you know, like the, the racket goes all the way up to the top, you know, to the World Health Organization. And then all the way back down to the North Dakota Public Health Department, which has had five public health officers who, who don't know what the Fogarty they're doing. So it's just it's obvious to everyone. I mean, it's it's kind of like when, you know, you look around, there's there's this gang of thugs that have white coats that are basically at some level, when they're in the executive role of physician, they're being told from the top down by Tony Fauci, okay, you, you can't do this and you, you've got to do this and this and this. And, and then their, their marching orders are to go out and, and, and take out the, those going AWOL in the medical ranks like Dr. Brad Meyer, get rid of those guys that are actually not doing the, what we say as a professional military in medicine. And so, Dr. Ted Fogarty, we have one segment left. We will do that when we come back. I want to tell you that I've been on a tour about property rights, and really everything just comes back to property rights. Even what we're talking about here, your property is being invaded, and you need to stand up for it. In most cases, we're talking about property rights as it leads to actual land and soil. But I want to tell you what, people tend to forget that when you start giving up land and they think the property rights is only about land, your thoughts are your property too. And we have individuals that are trying to steal your thoughts and tell you, just like Dr. Fogarty's walking us through, that you can't think that way because that's not how we think. It all comes back to the freedom and liberty is revolving around property rights. So get involved in property rights freedom. See you in yep. Lewistown, Montana, Monday, Rapid City, Tuesday, Bismarck, Wednesday. We'll be back for the last segment of Roll Rock Ted Fogarty after this. Welcome back. Roll Route, Dr. Ted Fogarty. We are into the final stretch. I'm going to be in Bismarck next Wednesday night, so I'm guessing you're going to be in, like, Tampa, Florida or something because you never hang around when I come somewhere. No, no, no. This time I'm going to be there for you, Trent. You can see awesome. our little basement apartment. You come and go as you please. Enjoy Bismarck's <laughs> backyard and... And, you know, we can go through with we can have Marty Beard come over and, and look at the uh, the little baby chamber, which we we should use as a model for hyperbarics for show dogs and puppies and and uh, all kinds of uh, good, good biological assets. Mm-hmm. That we uh, Diane uh, Nielsen is telling us that we can tune into the Health and Freedom Conference uh, tomorrow and Sunday broadcast on several media outlets. So there you go. Awesome. Why aren't we doing Ted? Why aren't we doing that? 
What do you mean? Why aren't we there? You re- live reporting. If you only had a hyperbaric HBOT like <laughs> microphone, you could do that. I, I did have that, and um, my my good friend Ed DiGirolamo, who um, is is one of the engineers, the kind of the lead engineer that worked the whole aircraft HBOT.org thing together. He he took that out of the room and is yeah. uh, well. We'll gonna, get you. We we'll get you a new toy. He's going to do some interviews. Okay, on a very, very serious note, you have convinced me and like 12 other people that watch us or listen to us every week that hyperbaric chambers and the things we're talking about here work. But I sense there's a level of frustration because we keep talking about an intervention that works and we don't provide people a path to get to it. I mean, not everybody has Marty Beard's good fortune that Dr. Ted Fogarty lives seven miles away and you just bring his soft cell chamber over to his house that he sleeps in for four hours every day. And he tells us, man, I sure feel good. This is a guy that left the hospital like five days before he should have. And now he's feeling pretty good. It's because he's in this chamber. But my point is we're, we're creating frustration because there are people that need this all around the country that know what you're talking about and can't have access to it. Right, but they can. So they just need to educate their own physicians. And, and, and it's and, not that simple. You just gave us the story of Dr. Myers, who he he was educated and he got fired. So there has to be a better solution. I know, but there's there's plenty of enclaves of people and, and good physicians. You know, Dr. Todd Tugood wrote technically wrote me a prescription for a hyperbaric chamber, a, a, a mild hyperbaric chamber back in 2006, 2007. And so, so it's just like an oxygen concentrator, you know, like what we're, what we're doing with the Eden Carlson protocol to save children from anoxic brain injury. We're actually treating kids in the home with an oxygen concentrator prescription. And then, you know, you get them, you get them into the, the mild hyperbaric situation. And these moms and these kids are starting to, you know, basically recover themselves after anoxic brain injuries and, you know, the whole glutathione amino acid precursors are they're over the counter. You can go get those. You can buy some NAC um, over the counter. So there's, there's all of this, all of this stuff is just, it's just, it's out there and it's, and it's true. It works. There's, and, and you can see the media hit pieces against me and Dr. Harch. Yeah, coming out yeah. of like the Forbes and Mayo uh, Clinic saying there's not enough science to support these things that these guys are doing in reversing dementia. And it's like, yeah, actually, there is plenty of science. All you need is one black swan case. When you're reversing something that has never been reversed before and you statistically show it in, in, in trillions of mitochondria. So I'm a physician, of, a bioengineer and physician of mitochondria. That's where that's where all, all of these all of these things are there. The, the people in the audience are being told by their doctors, don't listen to that guy. It doesn't work. And so but, the frustration, uh, frustration t- they should not with me. It's with their doctors. Yeah. But I, I guarantee you, Stacey Bowman has just nailed it because you said, talk to their doctors. She did. And she says right here, I was told these inexpensive treatments don't work by my physician. I'm telling you, 95% of the people who go talk to their doctor, they're going to get that answer. Exactly. And then, and then we come back here and we start 
Now there's a, there's a whole legal apparatus that I have to navigate in order to get patients their own mild hyperbaric air spas, or we'll just call them air spas for lack of a. Maybe that's the answer. We we don't call them hyperbaric chamber. We call them air spas. An altitude wellness air spa. And if, and if you, and if you, if you did, if you, depower the scary word of hyperbarics into an air, an air sauna air spa you know it's it's not much different and it's certainly actually safer uh you know there's been people who have who have been in uh saunas that they've had in their homes or hot tubs and and people have drowned people have been in, been in saunas and and been in there for too long and become dehydrated and have heat stroke and you know, so so from that perspective, a little two pound per square inch or even a one pound per square inch uh, model or version of these uh, blue chambers, which I can get out of uh, Maryland it, with one PSI um, regular uh, valves that just basically blow off at one pound per square inch greater than atmospheric pressure in your living room. There's there's nothing you don't need a prescription for that. You technically do not need a prescription for that. And does it help you? Well, so here's the simple math. If you have on your body mm-hmm. and and you're and you're 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 now basically feeling in reverse the effects of atmospheric changes that a lot of people feel when a thunderstorm rolls through. So I'll, I'll come at it from the reverse angle. If you have arthritis and you're one of these folks that you can tell when the low pressure system is coming through because the pressure just dropped 0.2 PSI and and now there's less oxygen in your joint spaces be, just by pure pressure physics. And and then that decreased oxygen leads to more pain and and inflammatory products like cytokines, which everybody knows what cytokines are now. Because of the pandemic, so you you increase your cytokine um, levels in your knee with decreasing pressure in a thunderstorm, and so you are your own diagnostician of sorts. Then you're going to respond to in in the opposite. If we add, if we go the other way and add not just 0.2 psi in your living room in that little chamber, but we go five times higher to 1.0 psi simple math, you've now, you've now reversed the low pressure system outside your home and created a, 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 a higher pressure system for your knee joint inside your living room on very simple physics. And, and so you just answered the question. That's, that's a, that should not be illegal. B, it shouldn't be so hard to get to access and C, that's actually the way People understand their arthritis conditions and the barometric impact of, of, of pressure. And there's, you know, we can talk about this next time uh, because your wonderful wife is, you know, uh, has all this background in, in nutrition uh, and from the ag world and, and her curriculum of, of learning. But um, when the pressure if you think of pressure, barometric pressure in and of itself as a nutrient itself, it's a quantum. Mm. 
When the pressure drops in hurricanes, there's all these babies that are born. Uh, so that's what I've been trying to get out and want you to answer. Because anybody who's calved cows, they know that when a storm is coming, when that low, that pressure comes in, those calves just start coming left and right, which may, never made any sense to me because cows basically evolve within their climate for survival. And they always calve right before the worst part of the storm. But it's caused by that barometric pressure drop. Why does that happen? Yeah, well, <clears throat> there's there's researchers out in Florida, especially where, you know, hurricanes have greater pressure drops than just your average, you know, tornado thunderstorm. But but it is it is true and has been replicated multiple times in the real natural world that there's all these dogs and women and cats and horses. They're all if they're if they're close to term, they're going to have these babies during that massive low pressure shift. And so and so that just goes to show you how biologically active pressure changes are. And this is what Paul Harch has been saying for 30 years. And everyone in, in, in medicine and hyperbarics wants to say, oh, no, uh, hyperbaric medicine doesn't work until you hit 15 PSI or two atmospheres, at least for billing purposes. And this is where the hyperbaric crowd is racketeering against the rest of America by, by having policy wonks come out and say well look you can't you can't do any version of this and get it paid for unless you do it at two atmospheres 100 percent oxygen and then all of ted fogarty's science with paul harch at 1.5 atmospheres 100 percent oxygen for our veterans which we started publishing in 2012 in the phase one trial all of that doesn't work and we're not going to allow you to bill for it and we're going to put this Heisman Trophy roadblock up against anybody not doing as we say out of the UHMS, which is basically it's the it's the main regulatory body of hyperbaric medicine. And so every increment of pressure and every person who has the pain and suffering of arthritis can tell you this to the day is long. Every increment of pressure has a biological impact. And there's increased suicide rates in Utah, which is supposedly the happiest state in the union, that is being linked by psychologists and, and, and neurobiologists out there to pressure-mediated dopamine and serotonergic changes in the brain. So again, it's this is a complex weather system of biology that's enveloped by a complex weather system of Mother Earth, these things are variables that are impactful at every change and increment. That'll do it. I think Ed's answer is quite obvious, too. He asked the question, why do they not want heavily pregnant women to fly in an airplane? Well, it makes perfect sense. You're going up into a hyperbaric chamber. Well, Quickly, it's I have 10 seconds. When you're leaving the tarmac, you're losing 30% of your air pressure. And that's, and that's the equivalent of a hurricane coming in and landing in Florida. So, so that, that, that pressure loss in an airplane. And then, you know, once you reach 10,000 feet, that's when the, the, the captain of the plane is now a hyperbaric tech stopping the decompression. And then when the, when, uh, when that, 
plans you, and, you... and then we had another segment with Dr. Ted Fogarty. We've journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. All of us remind you both three, all roads lead to a rural route.